Welcome to the Journal.ie's The Explainer, where every week we take a deep dive into a different news story. I'm Sinead O'Carroll, and this week, the Leaving Cert results are out on Monday. How's all of that going to work? We all have a Leaving Cert story, right? It's a universal experience almost for people in Ireland. It's one of the reasons that we all really feel for the class of 2020. They've missed out on the rituals like the signing of the shirt on the last day, the Debs, and actually even the exams themselves. And of course, results night. But on Monday at 9am, thousands of students will receive results of some sort. They'll be calculated grades by their teachers that have gone through a national system of sorts. Education systems across the world have all come across this same stumbling block, how to test pupils when you can't sit exams completely as normal. We saw pretty much chaos when our nearest neighbours used predicted grades, including an element of school profiling in the last few weeks. We all grimaced and looked at England, Wales, Northern Ireland and Scotland and thought, is that going to be us? This week, though, we did get more detail from the Minister, Norma Foley, about what to expect on Monday including the announcement that they had learned from these jurisdictions and by running their own models, and they were going to remove the school-by-school historical data from the equation. Today, I'm joined by Grania Nye, who has sat through every technical briefing, including that one on Tuesday with the Department of Education. So she is going to prepare us for what's going to happen on Monday. No pressure at all, Grania, to go through all of this data with us, but let's start from the basics. What do we mean when we say calculated grade? Okay, very simply, it is the Leaving Cert Plan C. Uh, Originally, at the start of this year, they had planned to hold the Leaving Cert as normal the first week in June, when all that lovely Leaving Cert weather is around. And they postponed it uh, in order to give more time to get the virus under control and to manage how we're managing the virus and how we're managing crowds. Uh, And later on, they decided that they would have to come up with a sort of a plan B, which is a leaving cert with all these different guidelines that we're all getting used to at the moment, and that it would be held that the date was given was the 29th of July. And then as things unfolded, um, the department realised that with all the changes that the public health guidelines required, you know, limited time indoors, uh, limited amounts of people, possibly wearing a face mask, that they couldn't hold the leaving cert in what makes the leaving cert a state exam and they would just have to cancel the entire thing and come up with an alternative and the alternative they came up with was this calculated grade system so when it was announced that the leaving cert would be cancelled in the first week of may the students didn't have to do any work any more work no more studying no more project work and instead teachers would be in charge of giving them an assessed grade that would then go to the Department of Education for standardisation and they would get a mark that would allow them to go to university or third level or start work in September. So the CAO process, that'll be the same as normal, right? The CEO won't be any different. They said they're going to treat this, this batch of Leaving Cert results like any other batch, the same value to it. What might be slightly different is there'll be more places for high demand courses because the, the res, there might be more high achievers this year. So if we cast our mind back, like it's this feels like 7,000 years ago, but when these decisions were being made in May, the, was this what most people wanted? Is this what the class of 2020 wanted to do this calculated grade system rather than sit any type of exam? If you if you if we think back to the start of May, we just had a peak of the virus in mid-April and there was a high number of cases every day um, in April. So 
there was a lot of concern about the virus. So when students were being asked to, you know, study for a state exam at the start of June, when we didn't really know how things were going to go, we didn't know as much about the virus as we do now. That was really stressful for students. You know, Joe McHugh, the education minister at the time, did a couple of um, Instagram live videos with Spun Out. And a lot of the replies to his video were, you know, cancel the leaving cert, cancel the leaving cert. When he was trying to put in this kind of mini leaving cert on the 29th of July and he was announcing the details of that, students just didn't want to sit a state exam in the middle of a pandemic. Um, You know, we were getting emails in, uh, I was getting emails in from students, you know, essays about why they wanted the Leaving Cert to be cancelled. There were also a number of people who did want to sit it as well, of course, but it was the stress of the pandemic, the stress of exams, the lack of access some students had, you know, some students would have a a bad broadband uh, system, a bad internet connection. Some students wouldn't have the same supports at home or would miss kind of the teacher and student support system when studying for the Leaving Cert and all this meant you know there was almost an unfairness asking students to sit the Leaving Cert because of the stress they were under and because some had better access to the internet than others. So they they opted for this calculated grade system. Can we get into a bit of detail of how the teachers are actually going to decide what grades to give each of their students? So what happens is uh, a student's teacher will assess what percentage mark students would have received in the Leaving Cert if they'd sat it this year. So this is based on work they would have done in the previous two years, fifth and sixth year, up until March, up until they were sent home from school. They can't take into work done uh, from home during the pandemic, but if they think it's representative of that student's work because they may have been affected one way or another by the pandemic. So the examples of the work that teachers will be looking at would be Christmas exams, summer exams. A lot of students will have done mock exams in preparation for the Leaving Cert, as well as projects and practicals and mock oral exams as well. That will all go into a teacher's assessment of how a student would have fared in the Leaving Cert if they sat it. They can also take into progress students have made during the years. Um, you know, if they have worked really hard at something and perfected it, that should be taken into account. And then I suppose this whole process is based on using the knowledge teachers have of their students, which is quite rich. And Research has shown when that's the case and when they know the exam as students would sit very well, which would be the leading search, that they can make an uh, accurate uh, assessment of what mark they would have gotten. So that's the kind of logic that this system is based on. Added to that, there is a ranking system that teachers have to do. So if they have 20 students in a class, they have to rank them in order of how likely they will have been to achieve a certain grade. So if they have three students that would they think would get H1s in geography, then they rank them in order of how likely they would have been to get that grade. And that will help the department in the standardisation later. And then on top of that, when the teachers have marked all their students in or, or assessed a percentage mark for each of their students, teachers of that same subject in that same school And the principal will then oversee that process and sign off on those percentages before they go to the the Department of Education. So is there a definition, this might be nitpicking, but is there a definition difference between a predicted grade and a calculated grade? Generally, um, calculated grades are more evidence-based. They're more 
Uh, they're based on the evidence of the students' work to date and predictive is more speculative. You know, so with the calculated grades, you know, you could, it suggests that in the name it is based on the work the students have done to date. So st- teachers fill out a form and they write in it the evidence that they're using to base the student's mark on. And that is a bit more concrete than just predicting kind of freely on how a student would do in an exam. Is there a bit of a danger that teachers were lobbied through this process if so much of the end result is coming directly from the percentage they give to their students? Well, that was the big fear, actually, when this was announced uh, on the 8th of May. That was the big fear that people had. And almost immediately after, on the Saturday afterwards, we saw teachers sharing screenshots on on Twitter from teacher uh, from parents and students who were sending them messages immediately after this system was announced. So it was a real concern for people. Uh, the department kind of reacted to it quickly enough. The ASTI had called for kind of action. They called it un- unacceptable. And so instead, if teachers were being lobbied um, kind of repeatedly by parents, they would have to report that to the Department of Education and there will be a record of that as part of the transparency of the system. And is there an appeals process? So if uh, students on Monday are really unhappy with the, the marks that they uh, get returned to them on at 9am, what can they do about it? There, that was also a really big issue. And, you know, is there an appeals process? Yes and no, I suppose. So students can appeal, but they're limited in how they can do it. They can check the standardisation part of it. So they can check that, you know, data was applied properly and that the department didn't make a mistake there. But they cannot dispute or they cannot challenge the assessed grade or the assessed percentage originally given by their teacher. And the chief inspectorate at the Department of Education, Harold Hislop, was very clear at this at one of the briefings. He said that it would effectively be putting an enormous amount of pressure on a teacher. It would be the Department of Education or the state asking an individual, a teacher, to look again at a student's grade. And the implication would be that they should increase that student's grade. So they decided that that couldn't be done. And what they've done instead to give students some sort of chance of improving their grade is students can sit a written exam. Now, we don't know a lot about this. We do know that it's going to they're going to start on the 16th of November in the evening time. And students can sit individual subjects. They don't have to sit the whole thing. So this will give a chance for students to sit an exam and appeal kind of their mark. And if they are not happy with their written exam mark, if their their calculated grade was better, they can go, they can choose to stick with that. So that is the kind of appeals process that they have, the department has tried to put in place. So it can be kind of a pick and mix of results for students if they wanted to do it that way. They could take some of their calculated grades, take exams in others, and then in the end decide which which results they'll they'll kind of live with. Exactly. Yeah. And that is kind of an attempt to be fair to students in what is a new, complicated process. So in the, in that process, then, I guess the students will eventually find out what mark their teachers did give them. So this is the um, something that the department has done differently. You know, they've had this written exam for, um, option there from the start. That's different from the UK, who decided on the week of the results that they would add an option to sit the written exams. Another thing Ireland's done differently is they've delayed when 
students can see kind of the difference between their assessed grade and their standardized grade. So the the appeals process is a week after results, and that might be when we see the kickback if there is going to be a controversy to the Leaving Cert this year. It might be on the day of appeals rather than the day of results. So that is the 7th of September are when results are going to come out, Monday the 7th of September. And on the 14th of September, an online portal will open up where students can um, appeal one or more of their subject marks. And are teachers okay with the idea of their students knowing what they gave them? Well, they, they're not okay with, you know, at the start of this, there was a lot of um, discussions between the ASTI and the department about protecting teachers in this process, because this isn't their job in a way. It's not their job to assess students in a state exam. So one of the things that they did was to ensure that teachers would have indemnity from legal action over the marks that they were award they awarded their students. Um, that was to ensure a kind of that it, they could mark freely and fairly without a fear of a backlash later on. So they will see their um, original grade because they need that for transparency to see what standardization does to it but teachers are also protected in the process as well. So the students will find out, but there's nothing that they can actually do about it. No. So that's the appeals process for the people who, you know, don't see that that this is is working for them. It's not fair for them. It didn't even really get that far in the UK where there was huge amount of controversy and protests and U-turns by the government. So let's just, before we get into exactly what's going to happen here in Ireland, let's have a look at what we learned from the UK. Well, how did it become such a big news story and why did the government have to, to make a U-turn on it, Grania? So the UK had a broadly similar approach to Ireland in kind of coming up with a replacement for their state exams. And the real um, controversy started in Scotland, who released their results first. And they had a school profiling element to their standardisation by the Scottish Qualifications Authority. So what they what that showed that a quarter of all results were downgraded in their process. But what really bothered people was that in deprived areas, grades were more likely to be downgraded than in more affluent areas in Scotland. And this was the big concern about school profiling in a standardisation, which takes the the average score of a school uh, from previous years and overlays it to this current cohort of students' scores. So what people said it wouldn't account for bright students in disadvantaged areas. It wouldn't, it would unfairly benefit poorer students in affluent areas. And it just seemed really unfair. Even though there was an outrage in Scotland and, um, you know, the, the decision was results and Scotland gave their students, their teacher assessed grades without any standardization. England, the same thing happened in England, Wales and Northern Ireland, where, um, a school profiling element was kept in standardisation. They announced the week of results that there would be a, a, an appeal system through a written exam. But students were outraged. There was mass protests um, 
you know, there was a huge gathering that weekend outside the Department of Education. And there was a lot of posters saying that they didn't want to be judged on their postcode. They want to be judged on their work by their teachers who knew them, which is a fair um, argument. But this was a big concern. And then there was a a U-turn again done by the UK government. Boris Johnson was on holidays at the time and they were forced to, again, do the same as Scotland, completely do away with standardisation and... um, and give the t- the students their teacher assessed grade only, which resulted in a huge inflation of grades for this year. Um, now, even though, you know, Ireland is doing things slightly differently and, you know, there is a concern that there might be a similar outrage because whatever way you do it, it's not great to take a human kind of handmade result by a teacher who knows you and then put it through an algorithm that we don't know anything about and getting a grade at the end of it. Yeah, so the Department of Education were probably sitting and looking at what happened, as you said, not only in Scotland, but in England, Wales and Northern Ireland too, and thinking, oh God, we don't want that to happen here. What have they learned? What is our plan? What kind of system are our teachers' grades being put through at the moment? So they were very quick to um, to act. Um, and basically what they've decided to do is do a standardisation, but take out the school profiling element. And that's something that opposition TDs in Ireland have agreed is is fair. They don't mind standardisation, but it's the school profiling element or taking the average marks of schools from previous Leaving Cert years and overlaying that with the current cohort of Leaving Cert students. Um, so what the department is doing instead, the school profiling element is not there, is they are comparing this, this year's Leaving Cert students to their junior cert results. And they're also taking results from previous years, but instead of doing it school by school, they're doing it subject by subject. So those are the two bits of data we know that they are using to standardise grades. They're not taking gender and location into it, but they have broken down the standardisation afterwards to see that, to make sure that they're getting the same breakdown in terms of gender and location in Ireland to, to get it similar as previous Leaving Cert years. They have tried 60 different versions of this standardisation. So taking a a piece of information, overlaying it with Leaving Cert students' results and putting a new bit of information and seeing what works. Is that a fair change to, or is that a fair standardisation? What do we need to do differently? We don't know exactly what the algorithm does. We don't know exactly what standardisation does. So if you get 80% in a, a grade asset or in a your teacher assessment, if the standardization wants to pull that down to if you know the standardization or the average is 65, we don't know to what extent the algorithm pulls it down. Does it pull it down to 70, 75? We we don't know. Um that that is something that the department have said they will publish. They will publish the algorithm after results, but until then we don't really know the extent to which the algorithm will affect grades. But they did give us some data during the week. Uh, What did that tell us about what to expect on Monday? So we got a breakdown of what grades were downgraded in the standardisation process, what which ones were upgraded or how many were upgraded and how many were left the same. So 
80% of students' grades remain the same and the department is emphasising that. And the breakdown is broadly similar between DESH schools and non-DESH schools. And DESH schools are enrolled in a programme that provides supports for them uh, when they're in disadvantaged areas across Ireland. So this was the department attempting to prove that the standardisation process does not adversely affect these schools. The number of uh, gr- the number of grades overall that were downgraded by one grade is 16.8%. And in DESH schools, this was less. It was 13.6%. So that kind of would instill confidence that is not unfairly impacting students in DESH schools. Um, and then 4% of grades were increased as a result of standardisation. That's 5% in DESH schools and 37 in non-DESH schools. That's kind of an overview of how standardization has worked. But, you know, it will be interesting to see on the day how many people are unhappy with their marks, how they compare to mock results and junior cert results. Um, and that will be it's a bit more individual than overall figures, I suppose. And what about grade inflation? Because the point of this is to try and avoid grade inflation. Are we avoiding that or are we letting it happen? Well, the Minister for Education, Norma Foley, said that there would be an increase in the grades this year. And that is not unusual. We've seen that across Europe in uh, countries that put in place a similar system. But because if they stick to the standardisation, they won't be as high as, say, in the UK, where they did away with standardisation altogether. Because we we did get that... um fact in the, the press release yesterday to say that teachers had given double the amount of H1, the top grades that in some subjects than usual and in some other subjects up to triple the, the H1 grades. So there were teachers out there being quite luck with the top grades for their students. Yeah, and this is why the standardisation part was added in from the start, because st- teachers know their students, they have a relationship with them, they want them and their school to do well. This is why standardisation is necessary. The I suppose uh, Minister for Higher Education, uh, Simon Harris, explained that it's a supply and demand issue. The reason why grades are standardised is because we have a limited number of third level education um, placements and it's about standardising them so they fit into that kind of limited number of places. Although the number of places in third level you know, universities and institutes of technology are going to increase this year. We often pay more attention to what happens in the UK because they're closest to us and obviously English speaking as well. But are there other examples from across the EU that we should actually be looking at more and thinking, oh, well, we're doing it like them and it'll be fine or vice versa? It's interesting. There's so there's um, a couple of interesting examples. One is Germany who went ahead with their exams during the pandemic, um, which might seem strange or impossible. And there's a lot of talk at the moment about we should have just sat the written exams. There's an anonymity to the leaving search that the calculated grades just doesn't have. Um, and there's, you know, even though that is a, a legitimate argument, it's, you know, impossible to see how Ireland could have done something similar to Germany. Uh, they sat tests in school gyms and big open spaces where they could space out appropriately and, uh, Ireland doesn't have the luxury of that kind of space as well. If you look at Germany's teacher to pupil ratio, 
it's a fraction of what it is in Ireland. Ireland's is around 30 pupils, 29, 28 pupils per teacher. Germany's is 11 per teacher. That gives you a lot more space to social distance. Um, and, you know, at that point in the crisis, Germany had a very extensive testing, test and trace system in place, which would have provided some comfort to students. Um, elsewhere, you know, the French authorities kind of did a similar thing to Ireland as well. Uh, and if you look, they're very representative of what happened in Europe, that there was a 7% increase on of points awarded to students this year and their results. And that's very indicative of what's happening in Europe. And we'll probably get something similar here. And in terms of um, things that could go wrong here, we already know that this process is leaving um, some students out. Who are they and what's being done about that? Yeah, um, the department acknowledged in ex in explaining that this calculated grade system, that it would accommodate the vast majority of students in moving on with their lives and going to third level. There are people that have been left out of the process. Um, students who studied maybe one subject in their own spare time, you know, if they had, they're fluent in a language, for example, Polish, and they were studying Poland, Polish for the Leaving Cert, uh, but didn't have a teacher, they have no one to assess their grade. So they can't get a calculated grade and would have to sit the written exam in November. So that kind of leaves them out of the process. Uh, to a similar extent, people who are being homeschooled have no teacher either to assess their grade. Um, and even though the department said they would be quite flexible in deciding who would be a teacher. So, you know, a tutor could be a teacher if you're getting grinds in a particular subject that um, grinds teacher could be your calculated grade teacher. But homeschooling does not allow for that. So, you know, there's a very prominent court case where a student uh, challenged the department for not giving um, them a chance to get a calculated grade or a leaving cert grade on the same day as other students and won that challenge. Um, so that is one of the down big downfalls of this system. Is there anywhere else that you see will provide some controversy on Monday? It completely depends on how satisfied students are with their grades. And on every leaving cert day, there are students that are disappointed and, you know, the Leaving Cert itself isn't fair on um, every student. It is not a fair way of assessing them. So it's hard to know because it's such an individual basis whether students will be happy or not. The, the results come out on Monday and a couple of days later on the 11th of September, they get an offer from the C the first round of offers from the CAO. That may, if students get their preferred result, they might may not care what result they got in the Leaving Cert then. And that might go some way to dispelling some of the, you know, unhappiness with results if they just get their course in the end anyway. But it depends what number of cohorts get their results and what don't. If a significant number of students don't get the results they need to get their course, we'll see a big uh, wave of, of kind of interviews and um, students talking about why they're unhappy, you know, whether they're comparing it to previous mock results or uh, classroom kind of essays. And that will be kind of apparent as the days go on, I suppose. 
And we'll be bringing you all the news on the journal.ie. We'll have obviously all the, the highlights from the Leibniz results on Monday morning. And then we'll also have the CAO points uh, boards out on Friday, the 11th of September as well. Grania, thanks so much for going to all those technical briefings and bringing all of that information to us on The Explainer today. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Explainer and a big thank you to Grania for her work on this episode. If you read the journal, you have probably seen our appeal in the past few months for you to support our journalism. It's been a difficult time as advertising revenues fell drastically during the pandemic, but we are and want to keep providing you with valuable, accessible journalism. Loads of you have felt it's important for society to have that open access to news and good information like this podcast and have contributed to us. A lot of you asked if there was a way you could give more regularly. We now have options to become a regular supporter. And if this is something you'd like to do, please head to thejournal.ie forward slash contribute. This episode of The Explainer was brought to you by executive producer Christine Bohan, producer Aoife Barry and assistant producer and tech operator Nikki Ryan. If you're enjoying these episodes, please leave us a review and rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. And more importantly, share with a friend who you think will enjoy them too. Thank you and catch you next time.